Hey, how's it going? Um, good morning. Welcome back to the Factory Podcast. Uh, today's is episode seven, which is Sunday, November 28th, 1976. And this is Andy's trip from Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania, back to New York. Um, and then in this entry, there are lots of characters. So I made a list here so we can make sure we get everyone correct. It's some of the usual people, which I'm actually going to kind of stop mentioning because you probably know them by now. Catherine Guinness of the Guinness Fortune. Fred, Fred Hughes, who's his business manager. We've also got Jodie Foster, who was a child star at the time, who we all know is, you know, the one and only same Jodie Foster. We've got Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman, who was a Swedish actress, most famously known for being in Casablanca. Now, Coco Brown, I could not find out who Coco Brown was. I always try to do some research for each episode, um, and I'm not sure who Coco Brown was. And I also really couldn't find much about Chase Mellon. It looks like um, he may have been an attorney, but um, if anyone knows anything, you know, you can feel free to, to drop it in the comments and let me know, but I don't really have that information for either of those two. I couldn't find much. But um, we've also got Nelson Leon, who was an actor and director, and he was on Saturday Saturday Night Live for a short time. And he was, unfortunately, in part of the drug binge that had killed John Belushi. So if you remember when that happened, he was he was a part of that, unfortunately. Um, we also have someone, Paul Morrissey. We're going to be hearing a lot more about him later. Um, he was considered part of the Warhol superstar crowd. He was a movie director, and he helped direct um, Andy's avant-garde-style movies. So he's in it. And he was also the very first person to ever cast a transgender person in a movie. So that that was really interesting. And then two other people, that this is the first time that we're ever mentioning them, but we are going to see a lot more of them later, is Bridget Polk, who actually, her correct name is actually uh, Bridget Berlin, but she was nicknamed that because she liked to poke people. So somehow, <laughs> somehow Andy and the superstars kind of changed her name from Bridget Berlin to Bridget Polk. But she was actually, her father was the chairman of the Hearst Media Empire for 32 years. She kind of grew up in this uh, socialite debutante society. And the thing about that was that her mother was really overbearing and, um, Bridget hated it. She hated that lifestyle, and so she kind of rebelled against it, and um, she actually gained weight just to spite her mother. <laughs> she did everything she could, you know, to kind of get away from that lifestyle, and, and uh, her mother had a problem with heavy people, so she put on weight just to make her mad. <laughs> and um, it's so funny, too, as well, because I found a quote from John Waters about her. It says, John Waters once described Bridget as big, often naked, and ornery as hell. <laughs> and uh, she was also the star of Chelsea Girls. Um, I've actually, I've never been able to locate a copy of that, um, but I did read online. I guess there's a very famous scene where, where she actually shot up in the movie. So, <laughs> like for real. So, um, anyways, I thought that was really interesting. Also, Diana Vreeland appears, which, um, you know, she's obviously an icon in fashion history. She was the French-American editor. She worked both at Harper's Bazaar and at Vogue. And she also ended up being a consulate for the Metropolitan Museum of Art. So she's in this episode. 
and I believe that was it. I think I've got everyone. Yeah, I believe I've got everyone. Okay, so we'll go ahead and just get started on that. So this is Sunday, November 28th, 1976, on the trip from Chadsford back to New York. Catherine Guinness called New York to Jodie Foster's place to confirm the interview she and I were supposed to do that afternoon, and Jodie's mother hedged, saying Jodie was sick and maybe she couldn't go, but to call when we got back into town. We got back in at 12.30. The gas was $16.50. The tolls were $3.40. Dropped Catherine and Fred off. Catherine called Jodie again, and she said okay. It was a beautiful day in the 60s again. Picked up Catherine and walked over to the Pierre Hotel to meet Jody. Said hello to lots of people who said hello to me. At the Pierre, I saw a beautiful woman staring at me, and it turned out to be Ingrid Bergman. While I was talking to her, Coco Brown started waving and yelling from a car. Ingrid's, I think, husband came for her, and then Catherine and I went to the restaurant to wait for Jody. She came in with her mother and a guy they said they picked up, I think, back in Liverpool, and I couldn't tell if he was a bodyguard or the mother's boyfriend. Jody had on some high boots and a hat and was really cute, and we loved her. It was $30 with a tip. Then we all walked over to FAO Schwartz and looked at toys. Bought some toys for Jody, $10. She signed autographs. On the way back to the Pierre Hotel, a guy was selling big candy canes, and he gave Jody one and one to me. Went home, and Nelson Leon called from L.A. and told me about his Thanksgiving. Paul Morrissey had invited him to a meeting at Chase Mellon's house and then called back to disinvite him, saying it was going to be small and intimate and that he made a mistake inviting anyone. As soon as Nelson hears that anything is small and intimate, he gets paranoid he's not invited and goes crazy to get there. So he put it in his mind to go, and he got there through someone else. It turned out to be thousands of people there. So when he saw Paul, he said, Small and intimate world, isn't it? Bridget Polk called and says she's down to 197. Ever since she saw herself in Bad, the movie, weighing 300 pounds, she went on a diet. She's just so boring to talk to. She never does anything. She never thinks anything. She just lies there in bed in her room at the George Washington Hotel and waits for the fat to roll off. I told her I'll give her a job. Then she could let some roll off around the factory while she answers phones, but she won't. It's taken her 39 years to lose weight, and it'll probably take her another 39 years to get back to work. I was too tired to meet the Vreeland crowd for dinner. Watch 25 years of Lucille Ball on TV instead. Victor Hugo, Halston's art advisor, called me from San Francisco because I told I'd loved the window display he did of turkey bones at Halston's Madison Avenue store, and now someone broke in and took the turkey bones, so he thought it was me, as Andy laughed. And, and as I'm reading that, I realized I did leave off Victor Hugo in the introduction, and, um... Victor, as maybe a lot of Andy Warhol fans know, ends up being a big problem, um, especially maybe later on uh, in the book. Victor is Halston's boyfriend, and uh, I was actually watching 
the Netflix documentary last night again, the Andy Warhol Diaries on Netflix. And Bob Colicello was actually, I think he kind of said it best, where he said, everyone hated Victor Hugo except for Andy. So um, I guess for right now, we'll just leave that there because there's going to be more to come about that later. So, But anyways, thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.